Hello and welcome to another future classic episode of Retrovaniacs, the only podcast about old games that you can find called Retrovaniacs. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Parmentier, and as always, I'm joined by Jeremy Gregory. Hey there. And Billy Holiday. Hello. Uh, this week we delved into the Game Boy for the first time, but before we get into that, what have you been playing since last time other than this game, Billy? Uh, I hadn't really had time to play much uh, over the last... A week or so, but uh, this this past Tuesday, I have picked up that Metal Gear Solid Five, which I have been anticipating for quite a while. And I I, I started a new shift in my job, uh, so I only have maybe you know, two or three hours every night, uh, which I should be doing productive things with. But I have instead been dedicating it to that. And uh, so far, at about ten hours in, it has been highly enjoyable. A lot of people I, I know online have been playing it and talking about it nonstop, but they were also huge fans of uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, the whole series. I haven't actually played a Metal Gear Solid since the original Metal Gear Solid. I liked it. It's not that I don't like them. I just uh, I haven't gotten around to them. Yeah, and I think especially with that, uh, having played all of them, I still, uh, my son actually, uh, who is starting to gain an interest in the series, he, he, he asked me yesterday, can you explain the, the storyline of Metal Gear. And uh, I've played all the games. I said no. I, I said, <laughs> yeah. find, you, find you a nice Wikipedia article. Because having played them, I still can't fully explain it. So it's certainly uh, something is lost if you skip ahead. So if you wanted to jump straight into this one, uh, you can enjoy the, the, you know, the action from it or the, the gameplay from it. But good luck understanding a single thing. It's certainly a series you have to start at the beginning. Well, I love the the NES Metal Gear and and the, even the US only sequel. I, I like both of those. Um, and again, the first Metal Gear Solid I really liked. But yeah, I, I looked at at this game and I thought, oh, this looks amazing. So I read a little bit just to kind of see the background. And I thought, like four words in, I'm like, have I ever played any of these games? This doesn't make any sense. So I can see that. All I've been playing is because uh, I don't play anything new. Apparently, is Hotline Miami. Finally played Hotline Miami. It's an excellent game. <laughs> Uh, everyone already knows that, so I'm telling everyone something that you already all know. But it's a great game. It's very basic, uh, but at the same time, it's uh, it's a perfect kind of Twitch play for a little bit, put it down, play for a little bit, put it down, which is all I really have time for, so that's perfect. I'm really interested to see what you think of, uh, once you get through this, if you play Hotline Miami 2, uh, I would love to see what you think uh, of that game compared to the original is it drastically different? I just finished the full basic game. I didn't get the password thing figured out yet or because uh, I don't have all the letters. But I'm going back now and finding all that stuff, so I'll have it. But is it a drastically different game? It looks very similar. It's different. Uh, I mean, me and, both me and Billy, I believe, beat it. Uh, it's, it's much more wide open sometimes, and you actually switch between characters. Uh, so each one will have different types of, uh, you know, some per- people will only have a chainsaw. You can't actually, you can't actually pick up guns. Um, they they all kind of got their, their special kind of thing that they do. And I know a lot of people didn't like it as much as the original, but I don't know. I, I, I would like to see, you know, really kind of what you think about it. I'm yeah. Sure. And I, I'm, I'm glad they didn't go uh, exactly 100% for just more of the same, uh, but I can't say I'm, there's some things I'd like about it. There's some things I like more about it than the original. But there's also some directions. I think especially uh, you'll find pretty early on that they put a lot of emphasis on uh, gunplay in this one rather than just the, the melee that is, is pretty prevalent in the first. And that was a change that I didn't really care a lot for. Maybe other people will. I, it's decent. I still... Uh, much prefer the the first but I, I too am also interested to see what you think about it well i'm sure we'll find out when it's on the uh, playstation network sale for four dollars at some point soon i guarantee i'll pick it up and i'll let you know so listen back to every episode till you eventually get my review <laughs> of, uh, of hotline miami 2 uh jeremy i i imagine you're still playing the witcher oh something terrible happened to <sighs> me um so i was uh, a few weeks ago kind of looking around for something to play 
I had beat Batman, and I didn't want to play it anymore. And I wanted to wait and uh, have something to play until Metal Gear Solid came out. And I decided to, to get back into The Witcher, uh, which I had only played about 40, 50 hours of, and kind of got past the first big main story quest, quest and, and never, I, I never felt like I got into it, really, which is weird to say when you, when you play something for 50 hours and you're just like, I don't know, I don't know. But I, I picked it back up, and about two or three hours into it, something really clicked with me with that game, and it has consumed my life since then to the point where I am now about, I'd say about 320 hours into that game, and I can't stop playing it. I haven't even started Metal Gear Solid Five yet because I'm so into The Witch. I am balls deep into to Geralt of Rivia, it is just it is one of those things that I very rarely ever get so completely consumed in into, and it, it's I love it. I, I can't say enough about that game. But that is that is the game that I have primarily been playing. You know, everybody that cares about Jeremy is is in this podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> we could very well just turn the next 45 minutes possibly into an intervention. I need an intervention. This is insane. I mean, I, what am I doing? I'm, I'm playing this, this game and I can't stop playing. I need to stop playing it. I need to play Metal Gear. I know that's the game that I need to be playing, but this this game has has got me I, I i played cards with an innkeep last night for for two hours straight oh. because i couldn't do it's a card game in the game and i'm pretty good at it but and and when you beat these guys they give you a card yeah how that's... can i not play this game i that... mean somebody's got to do something i mean you is this is a cry for help i think i i need to stop playing the witcher and i don't know if i can dedicate three or four more weeks of my life to beating this game because I'm pretty sure I just now got to about the halfway point at 320 hours into the game. And there's so many more card games that I need to, there's so many more end keeps that I need to beat. It's, it's, I, I need help. I need help. I can, I can sympathize in many ways, not just for, you know, like in Final Fantasy IX, I'm doing that now. I'm just wandering through the town playing people for cards. And it's a kind of dumb game, but I still like it. But Red Dead Redemption, when they put in the poker games, I must have spent oh, yeah. weeks just playing fake online poker <laughs> with not even other people, <laughs> with random computer people yeah. for hours. And then it serves no purpose. <laughs> it was a totally pointless waste of time, but I loved every second of it. Yeah, and usually I hate card games. And I, I did play my share of poker in Red Dead Redemption, but uh, Gwent is the card game in Witcher 3. And it's actually a really well thought out card game. And at first, I didn't get it at all, like most card games, which is why I never got into Pokemon. But at some point, I, I just kind of played it so much that it, it sort of, I don't know, I just i just got it. And I really got into it, and I, I was really obsessed about getting a good deck of, of good cards. And and I was going down this hole that, that no one should ever go down. And, and now I found myself here, which is just... I, I'm praying that I can beat The Witcher and, and be done with this game so I, I, I can move on with my life. Wow. That sounds really terrible. But at the same time, I really now want to play The Witcher to learn about this card game. <laughs> this is one of the best role-playing games I've ever played. And there's a lot to kind of get through. There's a lot to wrap your head around. But at some point, you if you play it enough, you'll get it. And it is... It is one of the best role-playing games, ex ex as far as experiences go, that I've ever had. Well, at least you got to take a break over the last two weeks to play this week's game, which is nothing like that at all, Gargoyle's Quest for the original Game Boy. Is, uh, is one of the games... I only had like four original Game Boy games for the longest time. I mean, I got a Game Boy very early, and I, I clearly had Tetris. Uh, I had Super Mario Land, and I had a Castlevania game that had amazing music but was totally unbeatable. And then at some point, I ended up with Gargoyle's Quest. 
and I, I got it one of two ways. Um, the art on the box is absolutely terrible. It is a green, smiling gargoyle, like, cartoon. And I would never have purchased the game based on that. Except, I only really bought games, and I may have brought this up before, uh, I only really bought games at the military exchange, so they only had, like, three titles at a time. So if it came down to a game with a smiling green gargoyle, or, uh, like, some kind of horse racing simulator, uh, or a game I already had, then I was going to go home with a game with a smiling green gargoyle. Uh, but the other piece is that it was Capcom, and at that point in time, you know, the NES era and into the Game Boy, if it said Capcom, there's a 99% chance that's a solid game. And so I'm going to go with that, although I guarantee it was just bought because it was the only thing that wasn't something I either already owned or was clearly not a game for me. See, I didn't actually... I, I remember seeing this game in the store, and I remember seeing the box, and that box instantly instantly turned me away because this was behind a glass case, so I didn't actually get to turn the box around and look at the game because if I did... I would have probably been all right with it. But that box art, and anybody that's listening needs to go look at it because... It'll be on, it, our, on our Twitter feed, okay, guaranteed. Right. It, is, it is absolutely terrible. It looks like something from like a PBS Kids show or something. You know, like Greg the Gargoyle's Fun with Numbers Hour or something. It's, it doesn't look anything like uh, what the game actually is. And I, I kind of feel cheated about that because... Um, Playing it now, this is a really, really good... I would have loved this game back then. Uh, but yeah, that box art's... Oh. Yeah, and I, I'm going to chime in with the pretty much the same opinion. I, I I couldn't remember this game. The name was not familiar at all. But when I saw that box art, my, my, video, my local video store growing up had Game Boy games for rent. And... Uh, and I love the Game Boy. Out of all the consoles I had, I probably spent the most time on it. And I immediately recognized this game as probably one of the one or two games at the video store that I passed over every single time. Yeah, box art-wise, there's nothing, no inspiration behind it. It's as shitty as they come. But like Jeremy said, I really missed out by uh, you know judging the game just based on this front, this box. Because, really, not a bad game. Yeah, it's not a bad game at all. It, it's kind of a weird game, I guess, to exist at all. I mean, it's uh, essentially you're playing a, not even a boss character, but a, kind of a random, not random, but a, a lesser standard enemy from the Ghost and Goblin series, uh, the Red Gargoyle, or the Red Demon, Red Devil, whatever you want to call him. He's a horrible person to fight in Ghost and Goblins, especially the Nintendo edition of Ghosts and Goblins, it's a guarantee if you saw the, the Red Devil, you were going to die horribly, unless you cheated it, uh, at least for me, where you barely tap him on the screen and then he doesn't move and you can shoot him a bunch. That's the only way I've ever beaten him in Ghosts and Goblins. Um, but his name is Firebrand in this game, and instead of being a, a Ghosts and Goblins side-scroll, and I'm sure everyone listening has at least played a version of Ghosts and Goblins, and if not, then you don't understand frustration. But this is not <laughs> that kind of game, necessarily. Um, it's kind of a weird mix of uh, a top-down role-playing game in parts, but also a, a 2D side-scroller, almost Castlevania-style. You know, with, with a scrolling screen, it's not just uh, one long path like Mario is. You can go up and down uh, and left and right. It's, it's pretty big levels, uh, but not open like Metroid where you can go around forever. They're pretty self-contained levels, but they're fairly open. So I'd say it's more like an, an early Castlevania in that aspect. this out of the way early you want to do it now huh maybe uh, this may be the day a friendship ends and it's a shame too because it was just starting to form into something special this is very reminiscent of that second zelda title the the adventures of link i, I think you know you have your side scrolling stages then you go into the the overworld map you know that top-down view uh, with the, the random encounters that take place over a single screen. Uh, the town 
with the, the townspeople that are about equally as useless as the ones in Zelda. Yeah, a lot of this clearly reminded me of that. And, I, and I'll go ahead and say, maybe to cool things down, I mean that in the best possible way, because I was a, a big fan of that second Zelda. Yeah, you brought that up to me before, and I, I almost just said we're not doing this podcast anymore. And then, <laughs> then I thought about it, and I grudgingly have to agree that on paper, this has very uh, many of the same characteristics of Zelda 2. But I think, in a way, being on the Game Boy helped it a lot. Uh, so, much like the original Zelda, you know, the meat and potatoes of the action is a 2D side-scrolling action game uh, where you level up and you get increasing powers as you go on by, you know, beating bosses. So in that way, it's, it's like any other game, a, a, a Metroid or a, a Legend of Zelda. It also has an overworld map that's top-down, much like Zelda 2 did, which no other Zelda had that little extra map like that. I mean, Zelda 1 was overhead, but it was still action the whole time. But uh, what made Zelda 2 terrible and why this has probably the... The, the negative on this game is when you're in the overworld sections, which you're just using it to wander from one town to the next action level or a town to another town, there are random encounters. And the random encounters are little side-scrolling sections that are just combat. And Zelda 2 had that as well. And I hated that in Zelda 2. In this game, it didn't bother me quite as much, but I can see the comparison to Zelda 2. I just don't want to accept it. Well, there ain't no shame in it. Come on, you'll feel a lot better. But, uh, yeah, the one thing, the random encounters probably are actually my biggest complaint uh, about the game, especially when uh, you just want to get from one point to the other. That's all you want. There's enough action in these main stages. You don't need it interspersed, and there's no real big challenge, and there, there's not really any uh, big gains from these random encounters. Uh, and I think... Probably the thing that bothered me the most about it, and I maybe wouldn't have disliked it as much if they changed it up a little bit more with the environment and the enemies. I, uh, throughout the game, had maybe the same two or three encounters in terms of the layout of the stage and the enemies. Very repetitive, and I think maybe if they changed it up a little bit, it wouldn't have seemed like such a chore. But that, that's certainly what it felt like, was a chore to get through. And I can see the, the, you know, I totally see the comparison to Zelda 2, but even compared to Zelda 2, this is Zelda 2 done right, because Zelda 2 was not a good game. There's, I, I don't know what it is about it, but it's just, it's so condensed into just, I, I don't know, it's, there's not that frustration level that, uh, that Zelda 2 had. And as far as the random battles, I don't like them, but they're only usually maybe one or two screens long. There's maybe two or three enemies in any of them. You can beat these in less than five to ten seconds. They're not really much of anything. The only problem I really had with them was just how much they came up. Like any JRPG from back in the day, uh, they just pop up, it seemed like, every few seconds. But it never took me too long to beat them at all. So I, I never liked them. But they were, you know, it, it wasn't something that, that bugged me as much as, as the ones, especially in, in Zelda 2. Well, one of the, I guess the, the biggest thing I noticed with it compared to when I was thinking about the comparison to Zelda 2. It, yes, the fights were way easier. As a negative for Gargoyle's Quest, they don't serve any purpose whatsoever. Uh, at least in Zelda, you know, you were using it to level up and grind. Was it annoying? Certainly. Was it fun? No. But it, it served a purpose. Where in this game, it just seems to be padding out the game. It's not, it's not hard. You shouldn't die in them unless you're being extremely care, uh, careless. Uh, you get your life to heal back to full every time you op- you know go to a new one, so it's not like you're going to slowly get whittled down as you go from place to place. Uh, they're just, they just seem like they were added in because someone thought this will be fun, and then no one took it out. It just kind of seems like they were, you know, they were thrown in because that was the, the status quo. I, I don't know, you know, was this released before Zelda? I'm, I, I'm pretty sure it was released after. It was after. After, right. But, uh, you know, it, it just seems like it was somebody's attempt to outdo Zelda 2. And I, I don't think they needed to try because 
the the gameplay mechanics on their own uh, with Firebrand and and how he controls in those side-scrolling levels, you could have just left out all of that role-playing game stuff that's in here, you know, like the the random battles and going around towns. Just put in, you know, the the side-scrolling stages themselves, which we'll get into, and and that would have been fine because it's really, really fun to control him and, and use his powers and stuff to get around. Unlike Link, who really had nothing and was super awkward to control back then. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, I think they did a good job with with what they were trying to do. But as far as what I would have wanted, I think I just wanted a, a better, you know, more of, of what the game did best, which was controlling Firebrand on the on those side scrolling stages. And, that, and And I agree. I agree with that. And I think one thing uh, it's I don't know if it was the. That the you know the top down the, the traversing the map and going to the towns uh, to talk. I don't know if that was uh, boring or if it was just the the side scrolling portions were done so well that as soon as I left one, I, I was I was ready to to get to another one. I was wanting to get you know from one to the next, and all the stuff in between uh, just kind of seemed like a barrier you know, keeping me from that. I thought, uh, like Jeremy said, if this would have been released. Uh, as a more you know, fleshed out, just side-scrolling game, uh, I would have enjoyed. I, I, I still liked it, but I would have enjoyed it even more. Then I don't. I don't think it really needed all of those aspects. You know, the traveling town to town. You know, talking, and a lot of it's just throwaway conversation, as with most games of that type. Well, and unlike Zelda Two, uh, which I, I hate to keep comparing to Zelda Two, but since you already started it, it makes sense. But you know, in Zelda Two, you felt like the overworld sections and the story uh, kind of led you where to go next at least or you know gave you hints on what to do in certain dungeons here it really is just padding the the story itself is completely unimportant it doesn't matter i mean you're firebrand you're going to the ghoul realm to save it from an evil force and you do that by going from town to town and talking to essentially demon mayors who say things like i need a staff go get it for me and then you do a cool side scrolling action section and get a staff and bring it back to me it goes thank you and you get like a you know, an extra level to your attack or a uh, longer time in your flight controls. It just seemed like it was unnecessary padding for what could have been a really good, just nonstop 2D action game from start to finish. And you know what really actually it kind of reminds me of uh, with that unnecessary padding, and I know a lot of people would would, would probably disagree with me, is ActRaiser. Uh, that game was a really, really great side-scrolling action game. But those those city sections, those city-building sections, to me, were always just, just padding. And I hated those as a kid. And I really just wanted to get to the, you know, the meat of the things with the, the side-scrolling stages. And I was totally having flashbacks with that, with, the, with this game. I, I really just wanted to get to those side-scrolling stages, but I was stuck roaming around this overhead map, constantly getting into these, these random battles, and, uh, you know, talking to, to people that I didn't care about just so I could finally get back into the, these awesome side-scrolling stages, which is, you know, what I wanted. So the side-scrolling sections, we've all agreed, is basically the, what is the best part of this game is. Uh, so to differentiate it from every other 2D side-scrolling platformer uh, slash action game, the, the big thing this has is that your character can fly for a very short period of time. Uh, again, this is, a, this is a Game Boy game, so there's only two action buttons. One shoots your projectile, which you get different ones as you earn as you go up. Uh, and the other button jumps, or if you're already in the air, you push it and your character will hover. Uh, this, at first, it, it seems very basic as we explain it, but, but I guarantee for the first few minutes I was playing this, even though I had played this before and beat it before, I forgot exactly how important timing those jumps and flight sections really is in these platforming sections. Like, there's there are parts where... Uh, especially when you get new levels of wings that unlocks a next area for you and you're supposed to jump over a bridge, if you don't time that jump 100% to your newest wing extension for flight length, you're going to to get to the end of where you're going and just miss landing by pixels. And it's it's great, but it's super frustrating. It's frustrating, but it's not that type of frustrating that really puts you off from the game. It's that type of frustrating that makes you uh, want to try it again and you know, try something a little different, you know, with your timing and whatnot. But yeah, this there are some very delicate moves you have to make on this game. Uh, the jumps like you're talking about, and there are some times where you are, you're surrounded by spikes and you're having to drop 
and midway through the drop, you know, initiate your uh, float or, or flight or whatnot to get through another very narrow section of spikes and at the same time make it onto a platform before it runs out. And this is a, it's a very daunting task, especially early on. Your character, uh, flight-wise, you have uh, maybe a good you know, two or three seconds of it. And, it, yeah, it takes a little bit to get used to that. And even later on in the game, uh, when you get a lot of power-ups, I think one of your projectiles, you can kind of negate the the spikes by, uh, it, it like, shoots a, a goo on it, and now you can use that as a platform. Even with all that, there's still a, a great deal of challenge, but not uh, that kind of really frustrating challenge that makes you uh, regret the fact that you even played it to begin with. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, one thing that the bosses do a really good job of, you know, not only being bosses themselves that you kind of just got to, you know, tear into, but most of them have very few platforms that you can actually jump onto. You have to use your flying ability to kind of get around them. Uh, and you also have uh, the ability to kind of stick onto walls. So you can stick onto walls like a kind of like a ninja guide and, uh, and then jump off and, and then do your kind of flying move to get to a higher, uh, you know, platform. And most of the bosses have those platforms just all over the place. So not only are you avoiding the boss and trying to, you know, kill him and stuff like that, but you're also having to do some some pretty pretty crazy platforming with some of them to, to end up, you know, it's it's pretty... I, I thought the game did a really expert job of, of really integrating that kind of it, I can see what you're saying. It does a very good job of putting the platforms exactly where you need them. It makes sense because they, you know, they know exactly what your flight length is going to be at for each boss. Uh, so yes, a lot of the bosses almost feel like you have to dance around in a pattern almost while while shooting the boss when you have a chance. But it's it's also more like a shooter in that you're having to to really dodge a lot along with fighting. Yeah, and I, I really appreciated that it was uh, you know not only with with some of those power ups that you had to be pixel perfect on. Uh, some of those bosses, like the the skeleton boss, kind of in the middle. I remember mm-hmm. you had to be pixel perfect on on those jumps that you had to get to, so you could actually hit him. I, I thought it was really clever. It was it was nice. So yeah, the side scrolling sections, uh, pretty much from the start to the finish, are are excellent. They're varied in in style, you know, f- visual style and uh difficulty i mean you know towards the end it's literally just you find little places to stop for a second and then you fly around as much as you can because the last level of power up you earn for flight is unlimited flight but flight is just a horizontal plane you can't go up and down when you're flying you have to stop flying and fall uh and then you can start flying again in the middle of your fall but you can't go up at any point nothing will, will force your character to go higher other than landing on a platform and jumping up so a lot of the last couple levels are are a lot of very you know delicate jumps through different levels of spikes where you have to land on either the the goo that Billy had mentioned earlier you can shoot out onto the spikes as a platform uh, or sometimes it's even you know platforms that fall and don't come back which is super annoying but at the same time the levels are short enough that it's it's doable but uh, without making you want to break the game in half. But it still had a lot of challenge to it. I mean, I, you could play through this game in, what, an hour and, and 15 minutes tops maybe, but it still took me probably about eight hours to get through it with, with repeated deaths on things that I probably shouldn't have died to. I was yeah. pretty surprised with the challenge. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I, I was actually, you know, I've been playing a lot of these Game Boy games for, for some of the reviews on the site and, and uh, video, video reviews, and they have been nothing but easy. And going back to those now... It's kind of weird to see just how easy those were. So I was just kind of expecting this to kind of be a, a cakewalk like those were. But going into this, it, it definitely was a challenge straight from the start. Yeah, very challenging. And, and I'd have to at least uh, mention the music in this game. Also, uh, I thought yeah, excellent. And the Game Boy is not known for it. The Game Boy is not known for producing many melodious sounds. I think uh, Link's Awakening maybe being... Uh, one the only exception. This game also tremendous soundtrack to it. Yeah, there will be to- tons of clips from the game uh, on the show. But yes, the music's excellent. Um, the Game Boy. There aren't very many games that really showed off the musical strength of the Game Boy. This is a good one. Uh, that that actually original Castlevania on Game Boy is very good. The music is far better than the game itself. Yeah. Um, there there are a handful of games that really took advantage of what the Game Boy could do and made it sound amazing. And this is one of those games. The music is excellent. 
So this game itself has some flaws. You know, we've discussed that it has the random encounters, uh, and that generally everything except for the 2D side-scrolling sections is extraneous garbage. Um, the story is kind of unintelligible. I mean, you could follow what was going on, but it was it was really un... Unless you wrote down everybody's name, because all the guys were named kind of similar. You know, it really was just you go to a town and a guy says, oh no, this evil force did this thing, and you go fight somebody, and you come back, and the guy's like, thanks, go to this town. I mean, it was really just... <laughs> This this unimportant junk to you get to the end where you're like, sure, of course, you're the evil demon. I'll kill you. That sounds fun. Yeah, and I don't know how much of that was just, you know, nobody caring about translating this game at all from the original Japanese release or what, but totally has that, you know, old NES Game Boy translation of just like, whatever, we don't, you know, there's there's nothing really here to... To, to support any any sort of story you're just you're you're a demon you know you're you're flying through stuff and you need to kill stuff that that's all you really need it, it only really got bad in one part where i thought there's no way this is what they intended which is uh there's a certain point where you get to a town and then in order to, to i forgot what the, what it is you're supposed to unlock but you're supposed to find uh the second set of wings i think and the guy basically says it's by a tree behind the building and you're like oh so you have to go outside and basically I just go anywhere where there's a tree and eventually you search by the tree, which is the only time you use the search function you can do in the overworld. <laughs> and uh, and you find the wings. It's like, there were the wings. Like, what a pointless junk piece of game. But uh, again, all that extra, all the overhead stuff, the story, the towns, everything else except for the 2D side-scrolling really just feels like someone really wanted to make a role-playing game and when it got to the part where they were making the combat, everyone's like, never do this again. We're just going to make an action game. And they used the pieces they made. I can't figure out why else you would do it this way uh, unless you only played Zelda 2 and then wanted to make a game. That's the only other excuse. I mean, there is that Rambo game for, for NES as well. Uh, so. <laughs> that's, that may that's, be uh, next week's game. That's the only game. one uh, <laughs> that I can think of. But yeah, this, this really does come down to just kind of being like, man, I really liked Zelda 2, and, and here's the things that I want to do to kind of make it better. But uh, I don't know. It's there again. It's just one of those things that I would love to just have more of those side scrolling stages and everything else just seems like it was just tacked on for for the sake of of making a weird clone of Zelda 2. Yeah, and that's definitely what they tried to do this time. But I I was going to ask, I know there's at least a sequel to this. I'm not familiar with it at all. I imagine Jeremy P has played it. Have they? Have they fixed anything from the first one? So the the second game is just called Gargoyles Quest 2, and it was released on the NES after this, which means it's a very late NES game if it came on after the Game Boy. It's probably Super Nintendo had been out for a while, which is why nobody played Gargoyles Quest 2. Uh, and it plays like a late-era NES game. It has some, some pretty impressive graphic ability for the NES. The sound is very good. Um, essentially, it's the same almost the same kind of game as this. I mean, the levels are all different, but it plays almost the same. But you can tell that they realize that the random encounters are pointless because they're totally gone. Uh, The overworld is nothing but uh, a way to get from place to place. Uh, They added a few puzzles into that overworld section to kind of figure out, like there's a a series of mazes uh, that are in caves, kind of where like all the caves look very similar, but only one will take you to the other end. Uh, there's one of those in this game, too, but it doesn't explain that. At least in Gargoyles Quest 2, it kind of explains it. Um, but basically, if you liked Gargoyles Quest, Gargoyles Quest 2 is more of the same. I think the 2D side-scrolling levels are a little bit better. They're larger, definitely, and they're harder. Uh, they do have some more cheapness to them. There's a there's a good number of things that in those levels that just spawn out of the air. Like, after you kill one, another one spawns, and they kind of follow you around in a few levels. Uh, that's extremely cheap. But other than that, the rest of the game plays very well. Uh, much like this did. I actually downloaded this for the 3DS Virtual Console uh, after I played this, and I I loved it. I think if if you like Gargoyles Quest at all, there's no reason not to at least try uh, Gargoyles Quest 2, especially for $5 uh, if you're going to go about it the correct way. But the the free way was probably good, too. Is is there a card game in the second one? There is no card game. Uh, it's It's just more of this without a lot of the things we didn't like about this one. Uh, it's a deal breaker. It's a deal breaker. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I need. You need, I need a card to play game. Cards from from people that I talk to. That's this is what I need. Well, the in my life. there was a third sequel for the Super Nintendo, 
just called Demon's Crest. The action sequences are, again, very similar to this. You, you're Firebrand, you have Flight, uh, but Demon's Crest takes place after both of these games, so you, you start the game with Unlimited Flight, you get a lot of other powers uh, in that game. You'll earn the ability to turn into different kind of gargoyles, some of which have different powers than you normally have. It's a much more fleshed-out game. It has almost none of the extraneous garbage that this has. There is an overworld map, but it's literally just used like a just like a map, essentially. You fly over the map, nothing ever attacks you, and you, you go to different places that you can see on the ground. I mean, it's almost like an airship in Final Fantasy more than a, an overworld map. So... It it's I highly recommend Demon's Crest for the NES, even if you haven't played these two. It's it's definitely the most refined version of what they were attempting to do here. Uh, but it's also extremely hard compared to these two games. I haven't beaten it. I've only gotten through a couple bosses, and it's very unforgiving. And Demon's Crest is the one that I first played. So actually learning that there was... Uh, uh, you know, sort of prequels to that that game was, was pretty pretty cool. But Demon's Crest is definitely what I wanted... It was. It's just nothing but those side-scrolling levels. Uh, it's it's so much fun. It is extremely hard though. So if you're not into you know the challenge or whatever like that, but uh, it gets rid of all of the you know the the random battles and the, and the kind of RPG stuff and just takes it down to the pure kind of 2D side-scrolling platforming game that it should have been in the first place. And it's so much fun. It looks amazing. Uh, it's one of the best-looking Super Nintendo games that's out there. Especially the boss battles, it's uh, if, if you never played it, it is one to definitely check out. But even if you, uh, for some reason, wanted to start with the beginning, I still don't think you'd go wrong trying Gargoyles Quest uh, for Game Boy. It's available on the 3DS Virtual Console for I think four dollars or whatever. And unlike a lot of games where the later versions really, you're like, man, they they really refine this to a point where it's amazing. If you can get past the random battles, this is still the 2D sections are still. You know some of the best 2D side scrolling I've played on the Game Boy, hands down, and and actually for pretty much any of the early, um, you know, eight bit systems, even sixteen bit systems, it's a very solid set of levels. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's good... yeah, definitely, it's it, the the level of depth that that those side scrolling levels have, especially on the Game Boy. I would recommend this game to anybody. It's it's really really good, and I really feel bad about missing out on this back when I was a kid. Yeah, and I'm gonna go three for three on this one. Uh, it's 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 well worth your time. It's not a lot of time. It, it's a quick game. Uh, if you're very proficient with it, you could uh, you could play through in one sitting, easy enough. Uh, especially, uh, yeah. I also wish I would have played this long ago, but I am glad it was brought up and I've I've had the chance to play through. And I'll, I'll probably play through the sequels also. But yeah, definitely worth your time. Definitely, I think. For all the bad parts in it, the good being those those side-scrolling levels way overshadow it. It's nice to have a game we unanimously agree we like. It's been a few episodes since we've had that. The last ones have not been quite as um, enjoyable, uh, so, that, I, so that's good. I don't think we've all agreed on a game, uh, how good a game is since General Chaos probably. Let me tell you about a game <laughs> called General Chaos. <laughs> Let's just yeah. remember we all like pro wrestling and go from there. Pro wrestling is pretty good. So much like every week, we ask for some questions, and thankfully, this week, we did get a question. We also got our first recommendation, or at least that I had, first formal recommendation for a game. It will not be next week's game, and I'm not sure if we're really going to do it, but someone really wants us to play Sewer Shark on the Sega CD. Uh, So I I will add it to the list. I figure we've already got enough games on the list. At some point, I can surprise everyone with that, Uh, or maybe we'll put it on the site as a a video or a, a live stream or something. But the question he asked, I actually really liked. I'm going to reword it because the way he worded it was absolutely terrible. But what is your, you know, White Whale, the game you've played over and over and over again? It's a game you love and you want to beat, but you just haven't beaten it. It's just either too hard or or there's something about it that you just you can't finish it. Uh, but not a game that's so bad you want to finish it and never play it again. This is a game that you've tried to play for years over and over again and just have never finished mine i'll go first mine is i was going to say zelda 2 but i actually did finally beat zelda 2 a year ago just to prove that i could and i did not enjoy it but uh but i it's one that i'd played over and over again because I, I always forget how much i hate the game till i get about four dungeons in and then i just i hate it but i did beat it just to say i could and i'm never going to play it again the one i i still have uh the nes cart i i pull it out every couple months and try to get through it and i never do is the original blaster master 
I, I love the game. I love everything about it, and I'll just get to a certain point, and because of the, the lack of passwords, there's no save. It's a sit-down-in-one-play-and-finish-it in one game, and it's a long game. I mean, I guess if you really knew everything, you could blow through it in, in two or three hours, but I always get about four hours in, and I realize I'm only six out of eight dungeons through it, maybe, and I, I've never beaten it, but I want to. And someday, I'm going to have a weekend where no one's around, and I'm going to finish it. But that's the game. I don't know how many times I've played it, I'd get to the water section and die every single time. I'll tell you, I have one. It's it's not a retro game uh, by far. I don't know if the, the question didn't specify. It, it didn't. Uh, any game, it doesn't necessarily matter. But my biggest one, and uh, I would think harder about a retro title, this one did not stand out. Uh, this is a 360 title, a, a Lost Odyssey. Uh, it's RPG, and uh, the moment I got it, I, I picked this up during a period of time where I was unemployed. And, and generally had given up on life in general. So I had nothing but time to play video games, and that's what you needed for this thing. Uh, you got to imagine it's on the 360, and it's also a four-disc, I believe it's four-disc game. Yes. So it's a hefty game. And I had put in maybe yeah, 30, 40 hours into it. I was moving along pretty well, and I, I generally uh, am pretty slow-moving on those games as far as progressing. Uh and I really loved uh, I loved the, the care. I thought the child characters in it were fairly annoying. Uh, I loved all the other characters. Uh, I loved the direction the story was going in. Great soundtrack. Very beautiful game. Uh, but I made my usual uh, RPG mistake of, of saving my game in a very inopportune uh, position. Uh, I was very low on all items. I think essentially I have no items at all. I still have this save for, for whatever reason. Uh, almost no items at all. Everyone is in uh, fairly critical health. And as soon as I load up that save, I am forced into a battle, no matter which direction I walk in. Uh, so there's pretty much, there's no getting through it. I have read online for tips. I've watched videos on YouTube. There, there's nothing for it. Uh, so I had realized, you know, like I said, about 34 hours in, that I am stuck. I've hit a wall. And this was also about the time that I uh, gained employment. And I just didn't have the time I had then. And every now and then I would try again with the same results. And it's been uh, a few years now. And I I want to try again every now and then. But the, the heartbreak is just too great every time. Lost Odyssey is one that I, I have finished, but it, I had the same exact problem the first time. I would, you know, I normally try to do two to three saves that I cycle through, and there will always be one that I save at a, you know, like, oh, this is right before this cutscene or whatever, so I'll save there. And then eventually I'll get far enough where I'm like, I'm never going to go back to that spot, so I can save over that. Because I know I'm going to run into that problem. But the first time I played Lost Odyssey, I only probably had two save spots, and I ended up saving both in a spot that were. It was not good. I don't know what I was thinking, but it was very similar. Uh, I couldn't get through where I was stuck. I didn't want to spend... I mean, I could have just, you know, somehow found a way to just grind, because it's by a save spot. I could have grinded for a long time, but it just wasn't enjoyable at that point to grind. Um, so I had to start over again, and I did wait like three years to start over again. But then when I did, I did. it took me almost no time to get back to where I was and I finished it. I highly recommend it that you go back and finish it at some point but I did have the same problem you did because uh, there, there are some sections in that and I don't know how far you are uh, but there are several sections where you literally just walk for screens yeah. uh, upon screens upon screens seeing the same exact thing. It, it fits into the story and I get why they did it but when you're actually playing it especially on the second or third time through it's painful. And there's no way to skip it. There's, it's just, you know, mindlessly walking in a direction to find something. And they make you do it in real time. It's really painful. But that said, the first time I did it, I thought it was really cool because it fit with the story and it was awesome. But, yeah, I can see getting stuck in that and saying, I'll come back to that several years down the road. Uh, as, as for me, I guess uh, I, I've got, you know, a kind of more modern game and a, and a more retro game. My modern game is Wind Waker. And I hate, I hate the Wind Waker, but I love it. I really love the Wind Waker. I love its style. I love its story. I love everything about it. But I hate playing the Wind Waker, especially when you get the boat. Uh, back on GameCube, it was so tedious. 
and I just could not get past, I, I don't even think I made it past half the game. And when it came out on the Wii U as like a, a remaster or whatever, I, I was like, you know, I'm going to try this. I'm really, really going to try to sit down and beat this game, especially since it had a, a an item that you could get that increased the, uh, the, the sailboat speed. I think it was by like two or four, you know, it, it made it way faster than what it was. So I was like, I'm going to do this. I got all the way, you know, to the, the item. I got it, and I was still just like, I, I got further than I was on the game GameCube, but I still just could not muster the the time needed to to beat this game. There's there's just something about it that makes me want to not play it, and I always get stuck in that mode with the Wind Waker where I I get further than I did before, but then I just stop playing it and and. I, I don't think of it anymore. So that's that's where I've kind of stopped with the Wind Waker on Wii U. I don't know if I'm ever going to beat this game. There's just it's it's there's just something about that, you know, going around on your sailboat that I don't like, and I, I really, really just dislike going the way that game plays. There's it's so boring. It, yeah, the sailing uh, parts are super tedious. I don't know if you ever played the Spirit Tracks uh, DS game. Uh, it's a Zelda Spirit Tracks. It's the same idea, except you're on a train between areas, and it's a train that you can't control other than if you speed up or slow down because you're on tracks. So imagine if you had to just kind of mindlessly ride on a train for hours. That's the <laughs> That was the gimmick to that game. I oh, finished it, and I hated every second of it. <laughs> Oh, I can't. I just can't get by the sailing. I, it seems like there should be so much more in that world. But you know, every grid on that map is basically just one tiny island, unless it's a dungeon. And and what's on that island isn't anything worth exploring. Ten rupees. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what you get. You know, there's some races around the ocean or whatever that you're going around, but it's so boring and. I just can't deal with it. As for my uh, retro game, I, I probably have to say Rygar for the NES. I've never been able to beat that game. It's not a hard game, really, but it's just one of those games I've uh, I've sat down several times to beat, and I I was never never able to get through that. The end of Rygar actually is pretty hard. Uh, is it up All to right. the end of the game? It's not too bad. And then when you get to the last couple areas, it's. I mean, I have beaten it in the past. I don't know if I could sit down and beat it now because it. It's got some real BS towards the end as far as difficulty goes. Um, and the last boss is super cheap, as I recall. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's one I can see. I loved Rygar. Uh, for some reason, it, it's in, in my mind, even though they're not even the same company, I put Rygar and Karnov in the same boat where I love the concept of the game. I want to play the game. I get about four levels in. I no longer want to play the game. And I don't yeah, know. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know exactly why that is. I mean, it's it's not that it gets too hard or that I get bored with it. I'm just like, yeah, I've had my fill of this. I feel good about it. I'm going to play something I think that's else. about how I feel with Wind Waker as well. You know, you, you get to that point in Wind Waker after, like, the, the fourth dungeon or so, and you just, you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to sail this fucking little boat across the entire sea to go back, you know, to, to do whatever I need to do. And, and that's really, that's the only Zelda game that I've ever had that problem with. But yeah, the Wind Waker just it, it really kills me because I really, really want to beat that game. And and I'm a huge Zelda fan, and I, I love Wind Waker. But I can see uh, where Jeremy's coming from because I've had more than one occasion where I will I'll save my game, and I, I did pick up the the Wii U version when it came out, and I'll save my game, and I'll you know I'll start it up again you know the next day or a day or two later, and I'll I'll notice oh this is why I quit because the next thing I have to do is sail the, this incredible distance. So I'll just cut it off again. I have skipped over and avoided that game just because I knew I was going to have to take a long haul. Because, yeah, it's a very uh, very empty... It, I guess it's a very mediocre attempt at an open world, but it's a very empty world. There, There's not much out there. But if you do persevere along, if, if you do choose to, to play it again, there is a point where there's a, a spell or uh, spell or whatnot, you can learn to teleport uh, to and fro. You can't teleport everywhere exactly, but it spreads it out well enough to where you really don't have to do the, the long haul 
across the ocean anymore. I think the craziest thing was just when I started playing that Wii U version, I hadn't played it since the game, since the GameCube version version. Just, I, I could not believe how slow it was to get around on that sailboat. Like okay. I know there was, it was a, it was a limitation of the GameCube's memory. You know, they couldn't really make it go much faster, but man, that is just, it is torturous to get around that thing without the, uh, you know, the, 2x or 4x speed boost that you can win in the auction house yeah i remember it being very again i i liked the idea of it but then when i was actually playing it i was kind of just unimpressed with the open sailing also because there's all those random things that you run into to fight but it's not even like they're very interesting to fight they just yeah. it was just more to do and and spirit tracks like i mentioned earlier had the same problem where literally You'd be just driving away on a train, and all of a sudden you have to fight off these birds that attack you, or guys that throw rocks at you, and you're like, this is awful. Just take me to the level. That's all I want to do. And yeah, on, on as an added bonus, uh, bonus in quotes, it was a DS Zelda, so everything's done via the touchpad and the stylus, uh, as opposed to actually moving Zelda, you know, Link around with um, with the duck, with the, the D-pad. So it was, it was an unenjoyable game all around. At least Wind Waker didn't have that. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I skipped that one. But yeah, those are those are definitely my two. Uh, maybe someday I'll I'll conquer conquer those games. You got to stop playing The Witcher first. No, no. Let me tell you about The Witcher Three. All right. All right. Well, that's the end of the show today. We're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we end the show, much like every other week, we'll tell you what's coming up next week. Next week's game, in honor of the start of the NFL season, we're going to play Mutant League Football for the Sega Genesis. Uh, that's one I did play before, although clearly not enough. But more importantly, Mutant League Football. Coming next time, please follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Retrovaniacs, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.